Hey, Chicago, what do you say? This is the CHGO Cups podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Guys, how'd I do? I Great. think you're good. You sounded just like Luke. Ah, oh, right. even better. I'm looking forward to when Stuck watches this back and he can grade He'll me tomorrow. Yeah. He'll yeah, give you. You'll get a report grade. card <laughs> yeah. on your. Yeah, intro I'm looking week. forward. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to my report card on on my intro. Yeah. Um, welcome, guys. I'm Cody. You can follow me on Twitter at Cody underscore CHO. Ryan, Luke, or not Luke, Corey. <laughs> Corey. <laughs> I already fucked it up. Congratulations. I do. Luke and I are very similar. You, you got the glasses. I, I get it, you know. You know. Uh, <laughs> Corey underscore Cubs, Ryan underscore A underscore Herrera. There you go. Yep, I did yep. that right. And uh, more importantly, my good buddy Max Bain is in the is here. He, well, he's not in studio, but he's remote. Join us right now. Like the OGs that have been following me for a while know how how much I love Max Bain. He was one of our first guests we ever had. I think he on was the show. our first guest on the show. Yeah, he's one of our first guests. I've known him for a few years. Uh, and uh, Max, what's going on, man? Not too much, man. I'm uh, doing the whole single parenting with the new dog right now. So I'm trying to do both. Uh, so I apologize if I look away often. Just want to make sure the pup's good. But I appreciate you guys having me on today. What kind yeah, of dog man. you got? I got a uh, golden doodle. He's about he's about five months right now, six okay. months. Oh, still a puppy then. There you go. Still a puppy. But he's he's going on 40 pounds right now. So oh. he's going to be a big one. He's going to be a big one. I'm not going to save money feeding that dog. That's for sure. <laughs> He's like, uh, he's, he's got the, he's in, he's in the relationship and I'm pretty sure the girl probably decided on the dog. Is, is that, is that fair to say, Max? I think we kind of both came together on that. We, we had some breeds that we were looking at, but, um, she wanted an Australian shepherd. So I kind of got her towards the golden doodle side. And plus she's, uh, she's allergic to dogs. So the hyperallergenic thing and not, on, uh, not shedding is kind of a big, big factor in that. So, um, no, it's it's been good so far. It's been good so far, man. Awesome, man. Well, I'm glad to glad to have you here, man. It's the off season, so I think one of our goals this off season is to talk to more prospects, especially with how this uh, team is building through the system right now. And uh, there's a lot of exciting things going on with it. So Absolutely. glad to have you as the first one, man. Um, you guys having me for sure. Um, I guess my I, this is not even really a question. This is more of like I've been wanting to tell you this for a while. Like, remember, like, two, three months ago, I was texting you, and I was venting about <laughs> Cubs ownership? Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I want to publicly apologize to you that I did that to you <laughs> via text. Like, I was going through I was, I was, I was going through the motions of the baseball season, man. And, like, I, I wanted to check in on you. And then, you know, we started talking about the team and stuff. And then it just kind of came out. And so I just want to apologize for slandering your employer to you via text. <laughs> It's all good, man. It happens. That's part of uh, that's part of fandom. That's what makes that's what makes the Cubs fan base so great. And you know, you mentioned bringing on prospects and whatnot. Uh, one of the things I've said, kind of from the start, being a prospect, is that we have a really passionate fan base, especially when it comes to minor league baseball. So, um, again, I couldn't be more thankful for the opportunity to be here today, and I appreciate that you guys are uh, putting in the time and effort to, you know, touch over the minor leagues too. Absolutely, yeah, Max. I, I'm curious, just like as an overarching. You know, just 2022 season, second pro, second season of pro ball. I mean, what? How do? What are, your, what are your takeaways from yourself and your development this season? What? What was the season like for you? Um, so the season started well. I was in South Bend, kind of doing my thing, kind of picked up where I left off last year. Um, 
And then, you know, I was fortunate enough to get the in-season promotion to Tennessee, which was really cool. That was something I kind of wanted to experience. Um, that was something like I can distinctly remember having a conversation with uh, Cole Roeder in 21 about how cool an in-season promotion would be. Um, so to be able to do that and kind of, I don't know, join the team mid-season, like that's kind of a cool thing. Mm -hmm. um, went to Tennessee. My first start, I, I uh, screwed up my ankle in like the second inning. And um, I just kind of pitched through it. It was something that it hurt to throw, but like it wasn't something that uh, was going to take me out of a game per se. Um, so I kept throwing on it, kept throwing on it, kept throwing on it. We go down to Biloxi um, in the middle of July, which is just, it's gorgeous down there. hundred with hundred percent humidity. It's awesome. Um, I screw up my other ankle down there and I ended up doing, I ended up doing, uh, like two or three weeks on the, on the IL. Uh, but what, what had happened, what had happened in that time is I started kind of compensating for my, for my injuries and my movements got all messed up on the mound. And I was just moving in a way that wasn't really conducive to throwing strikes. I was kind of putting myself in a position where, um, as it's been described to me, I gave myself a very small window of release to throw strikes. Um, but I kept pushing through. I, I kept telling myself that it was something that was mental, that I just need to be more uh, confident on the mound, that I just need to have a better, have better rhythm and just better tempo. And, um, you know, uh, so that led, I, I think that that was pretty large contributor to the numbers in Tennessee, which again, man, it doesn't take a smart person to go see that the numbers were like, they weren't great. They were actually really disappointing. And that was something, that's something I want to improve upon next year. Um, however, uh, to, to end the year uh, on the development list, taking advantage of an opportunity that the organization, that the organization had given to uh, guys like Ryan Jensen, guys like Kyle Johnson, who was a, who's an older guy, but throws 98 out of the bullpen, you know, uh, taking advantage of an opportunity like that, go down to Arizona, um, for about eight weeks, really just kind of hone back in on the, on the movement patterns and getting in the weight room, kind of just prioritizing me in my training economy, taking out the game scenario, stuff like that. I think that was really beneficial. Um, and I got, the, I got the chance to have, uh, I got the chance to have seven outings down there and, and six of which were walk free, which I think if you count my outings between 21 and 22, I might have six total. So, uh, to, to, to be able to see that kind of improvement that quickly, like that, that was really cool and something I'm looking forward to taking into the off season. Well, you mentioned the developmental list, like how, how do you, I'm, I'm just like still trying to figure out like how the games work there. Are they more simulated? Is it like just real games in like the Arizona league or how, like, how do you balance sure. like developing out there while also trying to pitch in like a game situation? Sure. Um, so the Cubs did a great job with that because up until the season ended, I was in more of like a live BP setting. So there was no no defense. There was no um, game scenario to worry about other than me just actually pitching. Uh, and then when Instruct started is when I finally got the chance to get back into that game scenario, have runners on, get to practice different things within the game, pitching to guys based on where runners are and stuff like that. Um, so I thought that that like kind of slow integration back into the game helped quite a bit and allowed me to just have privilege of focus um, because, you know, when, when things aren't going your way or things aren't going the best and you just got to keep taking the ball and you keep going out there and it's kind of feels like beating your head against the wall, the game speeds up too. Like it, it especially with that pitch clock, the game really speeds up. So it just, it's hard to feel like, it's hard to not feel like it's, uh, it's hard to not feel like you're, uh, not spiraling. Right. So you're just, it, it just feels like, like I said, it just feels like you're beating your head against the wall. So to be able to go to Arizona and 
you know, like I said, have that integration again from live VPs back into a game scenario really kind of slowed things down for me and allowed me uh, to have that privilege of focus. Okay. Yeah, um, yes, we're, um, I, I know you obviously are, you know, trying to do your own development, but when you look at just the overall pitching infrastructure in this organization, this system, obviously it's cut, it's on the rise. A lot of, a lot of young names, but a lot of just names that we're starting to hear about more. Yeah. From going, you know, South Bend, Tennessee, what have you seen guys that have stood out to you as far as like who Cubs fans should be? looking at you know looking out for like names to watch out for um first off i think the most impressive thing about our pitching infrastructure right now is the buy-in i think that that's i think it's been incredible and i think you've already seen that right i was telling um i was down at instructs with mcavean michael mcavean and i was we were talking about how we basically not us as players but the organization flipped its whole uh, reputation of not being able to develop pitching. We did that in like three years. And now we're, now we have what every player in every org wants. We're traveling every, every road trip. We have a rap soda, we have a track, we have an edutronic, our pitch design, like our R and D infrastructure and our, and our pitch design processes unmatched. You see guys with disgusting stuff and it's just it, the tools that the organization is able to provide us. It's, it, it's really special. Um, so I think, you know, you say, you, you say, who, who do we look for? Right. Or who should we be watching? Uh, and I think the more important, I, I guess the better, the better answer rather than just giving you names is just ensuring that you're able to trust the guy that comes up. Right. So I'll, an example this summer is Javier Assad. And I told, I told Brian Smith about four weeks beforehand, I said that that dude's a big leaguer waiting to happen. Cause he just goes out there every time and he's commanding the zone. He's got that cutter. He's got the change up. He's got like five pitches that he just throws for strikes before the year. Nobody really, really would have heard about him. Right. That that's mm -hmm. kind of, that was kind of the consensus at least from what I saw. Um, and to see him go do what he did and be as dependable as he was, that's the Javier that we all knew. We were just waiting for everybody else to see it. So um, I, I think, I think it's really cool that we're in a position like I, like I started with, I think it's really cool that we're in a position to whoever's going to go up there. Like that's a trustworthy dude. And it's a dude that's got really good stuff. Well, and so I, I think like keeping on that, Max, I'm curious, like last year, especially even if we would have maybe liked to have seen different results at the major league level, what that did provide was an opportunity for so many guys, Javier Assad being one of them, but we routinely saw guys in the lineup, the rotation, the bullpen, not only just getting an opportunity to come up, and play at the major league level, but earn a, a real spot, a starting spot in the lineup, a rotation spot. Um, you know, we saw Samson and Assad hold rotation spots for most of that second half. The bullpen, of course, they trade their top four guys. And, you know, now Brandon Hughes is your highest leverage reliever. Like for somebody working your way through the system and working your way up, how does it feel to kind of see and be a part of an organization where I think you kind of have that confidence of, hey, like if I put the work in and I start getting results, like they're going to give me a shot. I have a real shot to like earn an opportunity here. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think our uh, the, the second half results from the big league team only help the, the minor league guys. Right. Because I think I can't remember exactly where we were, but I think we finished we finished pretty well. Right. In the second half, we played pretty well, like by wins and losses. We played really, really well. Yeah. Um, so I think. Seeing those guys go up there, having the success they did, just increases that buy-in that I was talking about. 
Um, I remember talking to, that was uh, the first thing I said to Brandon Hughes when he went up and debuted, who ended up finishing top five in the NL for appearances as an outfielder. That's cool. Uh, so we were talking to Brandon, he goes up and he kills it. And it's like, you should have seen the guys in the Tennessee locker room all watching the games on their phones. We got like four phones going and got six or seven guys around every phone. Seeing, seeing that, right, being part of that, you just feel like this whole sense of like, like you said, like you alluded to, like, holy shit, man, if I, if I do this, like, I'm going to go up there and I'm going to have success or we're going to go up there and we're going to have success. And I think, you know, you just see, um, you see the way like Myrtle performed in the first half, South Bend performed pretty much all year long, Tennessee making the championship run. Like we're winning at these levels for a reason. There's roster. It's not like we have this huge continuity thing going on. Tennessee rolled over a different team in the second mm -hmm. half. Right. And they were still very, very competitive that, you know, um, so it, it, it's, uh, it's pretty amazing to be part of, man. It's pretty amazing to be part of. And I think the outlook for our minor league guys, uh, I think we're just building trust right now with, with the organization, which I think is really cool. Um, and even more impressive with a big market team. I think the business side of that and being able to actually have a really impressive minor league infrastructure is, um, it, that's hard to come by. You find teams that want to just spend more than just actually develop. So it's been, it's cool to be part of that. What's, uh, you know, you know, we've been talking about minor leagues, obviously, but who's someone down there in Arizona that was on the developmental list that you think will be able outside of yourself, of course, that could really, you know, maybe like Ryan Jensen for me is like a guy that I've been waiting on. Like, and I'm not paying attention yeah. to minor leagues as much as, you know, someone like Brian Smith or our good friend Greg Huss, and you're there, like you were there sure. seeing it. Like who's someone from that development developmentalist this year that could really take a big step next year outside of yourself? So our developmentalist was pretty our developmentalist was pretty small, uh, in the sense that I was down there, I was the only guy to wrap the season down there on it. So uh, it went from me and Bailey Reed, and Bailey was in South Bend, um, to just me. And, but what it did afford me the opportunity of was to get to meet this year's draft class, uh, which was really cool. And I got nothing but good things to say about the guys that we picked up this year. I think it's been really cool to see. We got some high school guys that are incredibly mature for their age. Uh, we got some college guys that just kind of have a routine that works for them already, which I think is really important, especially when you're talking about uh, those guys are going to head out for their first full season next year and just having a routine established. I think that's going to be huge because that's going to be the longest season of their careers. But um, circling back, you, you mentioned the name Ryan Jensen and how you're waiting on him. And there was a start. Um, my, I, my The start that sticks out to me the most this year, we did like a pink in the park night. And I think it was like a Saturday in August. It was right before, it was right before I came down to Arizona. And uh, Jensen had just gotten back from the developmental list. It was probably a second or third start. Um, and, or maybe he's coming off an oblique injury. I can't remember, but you could just see like his vibe for the day was outstanding. Like it was, it was, he was loose in the clubhouse, loose with the guys, wasn't putting too much pressure on himself and watching him go out and do he's five innings sat 97 to hundred. Like that was, that was fun. And you don't see that at the big league level. So it's there. Like Jensen absolutely has it. Um, and, and he's coming. There's no doubt about that. He is, he's on the way. So I know you're waiting, but patience, my friend, patience. I've been patient, bro. I've been patient. I know. I'm talking to a fan base that waited a hundred years. So I, <laughs> I, I apologize. Max, 
I want to go back to a couple questions ago. You kind of mentioned the, you know, the success at Myrtle and South Bend and Tennessee. Um, and when people look at the minor leagues, it's more about like the development and the process than like, oh, let's you know win a championship in the, in the Midwest League kind of thing. But when you are doing that, you are developing. You know, all these guys are developing, and you're winning. You know, or you're going to championships. You're winning. You know, league titles, whatever, what have you. How does that maybe influence or give confidence to to that group? when you guys are moving your way up the minor leagues and, you know, how does that translate into success as a team in the big league level? Sure. Um, so I think, uh, oh, wow. Uh, winning is, <laughs> it's very fun for a clubhouse and that's a very obvious thing to say. Um, but winning is something that takes a clubhouse and it brings it together, right? Losing is something that's just going to be like, you're just going to deal with stuff that you wouldn't normally have to deal with. And there's going to be guys that are on, on edge or not performing well and they need to, and it's just, or they, at least they feel like they need to. And, um, when we're winning together like this, right. It's, it's, I think the best example is probably Myrtle winning the second half. And then that roster saying, you know what, we're tired of this place. Let's just go to South Bend and win it there too. Uh, and, and that's exactly what they did. You see guys that just start like, it's cliche, but they just start pulling for pulling for each other. And that's the essential teamwork that comes into that's the essential teamwork that comes into like professional sports, because, you know, at least for me, like be a good teammate always until always until pro ball was like, hey, make sure you're picking up the guy that just struck out. Or if the pitcher just gave up a six spot, make sure you give him nuts on the way out. Like that's being a good teammate, being there for your team at the pro level. Being a good teammate is, is pretty much playing well, right? Like you go do your job. You're not, don't be mean to anybody. Don't be a jerk. Go play well. And that's how you're a good teammate. That's how you, that's how you help the team win. There's a very professional aspect to it. But when you, when you start winning games, it is so much easier for everybody to get along, good friendships to, to, to form. And it just, it carries over on the field. Uh, and it's not, it's something that's not quantifiable. That's a, uh... That's interesting considering like the Cubs obviously went through this developmental season at the major league level and there were definitely some dark times in the middle of the year, but they stuck together and were able to finish the season strong. And whether you want to look at that as however you want to look at that, if not mattering because they were out of it or or whatever, I I think that that what Max just said is it, it actually speaks volumes to how well of a job David Ross probably has done in terms of just keeping the guys together and just trying to keep, you know, the, the guys on this team that are going to be here, you know, keep them going in that right direction of, you know, having that positive mindset. Well, I feel like we heard, <clears throat> excuse me, similar stuff to what Max is saying from the major league guys. I think because of the major leagues and like the results, they're not going to say it in as clear of terms as Max did. <laughs> but like, I feel like we heard from Nico and some of those guys about, how important it was to be winning and like the change in energy and, you know, just getting together, even in a season where like the winning wasn't going to yeah. lead to what you wanted it to. So yeah, definitely. That, yeah. that team seemed to have a lot more fun, like down the stretch, right up until the last day, that team was having fun and they were playing like, again, I can't remember the exact record, but it was like 40 and 30 in the second half. Like they were a very good big league team, uh, or I should say they were a very, yeah, they were a good big league team in the second half, you know? So that I, I think uh, all those like short videos you see of guys having fun in the dugout or the clubhouse or on the field and stuff like that, a lot of those came in the second half, and I thought that that was really cool. I think the record was thirty nine and thirty one. Thirty nine and thirty one, yeah. yeah. So yeah. right, almost, almost on the money. <laughs> when I, it's interesting to hear that too, because I think some fans in the second half, especially 
they'll see, you know, like Nelson Velasquez and uh, Christopher Morel, you know, jumping around in the dugout. And you'll see it, like, even in our social media mentions, like, these guys are having fun, but they're, you know, 20 games under 500. And it, <laughs> you know, it's like, obviously, there's more to it. It, it, it does yeah. matter. And, like, especially on a personal level for these guys, like, you want them to be having fun. Like, they're working hard to, to play better, too. Like, yeah. it, it shouldn't it, be yeah. viewed that way. It would be a lot. It would be very alarming if, like, things were going bad and then no one in the dugout liked each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that wouldn't be good. Right. Yeah. 100%. So. Yeah. All right, Max, just to get back to you really quickly, uh, when you went up to Tennessee, you had you pitched 16 games but only five starts. Most relief appearances, you know, for you in this system. Mm-hmm. Is that the path going forward for you? Are you is, are you a reliever going forward, or are you still trying to start? Like, what is the – the, well, I guess what are your goals, but also kind of what is in the conversations with coaches and, and managers and stuff, what is kind of the path forward for you in this system? Sure. Um, so I think, so I, I do think I am out of the starting rotation for now. Um, but I don't know that it's out of the question that I'll pick it back up again. Uh, and, and what I mean by that, um, you know, when we kind of talked about a role shift, uh, I believe it was down in Pensacola, uh, over the summer. Um, when we kind of talked about a role shift, we kind of identified a comp of like, uh, Keegan Thompson, you know, how he's kind of Swiss army knife. Yep. So not saying I, I don't. For everybody listen, I'm not Keegan Thompson. Uh, that dude's really, really good. And I still have a ways to go to be in the same zip code. So, uh, but as, as in terms of like a future role, that's kind of where I see myself, you know, just kind of give me the ball whenever you want to give me the ball. If we need to pick up a spot, if we need to pick up a spot start, cause we got six games in five days, give it to me, you know? Um, so that, that's kind of the, that's kind of the idea moving forward. I love those versatile pitchers that the Cubs have just been. It's like they have an assembly line of them coming up, man. Like I think, it, I think you, you're going to see that become more and more popular um, as the as the starting pitcher role takes. It, it seems to continue to take less of an important role outside of the outside of the playoffs because that's what's winning. But you know, whatever. What do you think about that? Because a lot of like a lot, especially all of the like older generations, they they they. They look at numbers and they see, oh, a guy went five innings. That's not good enough. Like, they can't like a lot. Like, like you just said, the league is kind of adjusted to where like those those middle innings have kind of taken a spot of kind of the role that you are in right now. Like, do you do you think it's good or bad for baseball that it's kind of just gone this way all across the league? Good or bad for this? That's a hard. That's a hard one to answer because that that's. I don't know about good or bad, but I will say I think what gets lost is the um, is just realizing how difficult it is to get these dudes out. Like this is a very hard thing we're doing to roll through a lineup twice now is is very difficult. It, you you know it it's shrinking every year just how effective pitchers are or starting pitchers are in you know in terms of depth into a game. Um, <laughs> sorry guys, Wesley, you're good, bud. You're good. Uh, sorry about that, guys. Um, that, that starters are coming. But, you know, I think uh, I think what gets lost is just just how impressive it is. The guys that do, are able to take the ball every fifth day and give you five innings. That's something I saw in Double A, like Javi, like Javier Assad again. Like he's a great example. Every fifth day, you knew exactly what you were going to get. You're going to get four to five innings. You're going to get probably three to five strikeouts, two to four walks, one to two hits, probably no runs, maybe one. So the consistency, right? That's that's what I think is more impressive than a guy being able to take the ball once and go seven. 
I think if you can give me a, a consistent starting pitcher that's giving you a very similar result every time, give me that over 130 innings versus a guy who's going to give me 200 innings, but I don't know what that's going to I don't know what that's going to yeah. look like. Gotcha. Well, yeah. and I'm I'm curious, Max, just because uh, you're the first player we're talking to since this is all going down. Like, we're talking about like the MLB. Like, the, there's a big debate over the weekend about like the playoff format and just the playoffs and like you have a couple hundred win teams getting knocked out like as a we don't hear any of that from the players though it's all from the media and stuff like that like as a player your attitude I I would think would be hey we got to win the games right like or do you look at this and think of that differently um you know I I think from I tend to think about things from like a business perspective that's kind of how I see uh kind of, I, I see my career as like a business opportunity, kind of. I, I realize that within the system, every player is an asset to a degree. I, I realize that every playoff game brings in a little bit more money, and I know that they don't have to pay salary for that. They just pay a, a portion off of the ticket prices. Um, so I understand the need for, uh, I understand the need for more playoff games, just going up with the, going up with the, uh, the, the trend in salaries, or at least the, the trend in contracts that we've been seeing. So I understand the need for it. As a player, when you're looking at the new playoff format or any playoff format, where are we going and what time does the game start? Because that's going to dictate what time I need to be in the clubhouse. So that's like, that's it. Just go, like you said, just go win the game, right? All the business aside, all we're doing is going to win a baseball game. That's it. Fair enough. Um, I got one last question. You guys got any more? Take it. Okay. All right. So my last question was, you know, is the Bang campaign coming back this, this winter? Because I know a lot of people loved it. Last year, yeah. and uh, yeah. I want, I um, help help the people out, Max. Sure. So, <laughs> truth be told, I don't know. Truth be told, I don't know because I've talked to um, one of my. I don't know where to go with the content because, fully transparent, I think it'd be really cool if a guy like me had a voice because a lot of times having a voice within the game is uh, relative to success, right? And obviously, I didn't pitch as well as I wanted to this year. So I'm torn between, do I still want to produce content and still make, um, still promote myself, even though the numbers haven't quite gotten there uh, or haven't been where I want them to be? Um, Or do I just kind of like take a season and just kind of focus on me, be private and just kind of let life come to me, you know, spend more, spend more time at home with my dog and and, and my girlfriend, you know? so truth be told, I'm not entirely sure. I do know at some point if I do continue podcasting, which I really enjoy doing, I think it's really fun, uh, especially in the format that we had it where it was just kind of untimed and we had got, it just felt like a conversation. Um, uh, I, I do know that at some point I would love to go into a player led podcast and that's nothing against like, that's nothing against Brian or Chris, because I think us three really worked well together and you saw it kind of grow over the 15 episodes that we, or the maybe 14, uh, 14 or 15 episodes that we released. Um, I think for me personally build, like if I'm looking at building a brand, right, whether it be my own personal brand or the podcast I'm running is, I want to involve, I want to give as many guys a voice within the game as possible. So uh, what I mean by that is I would love to go to like a player led podcast at some point, similar to what the compound does. Uh, I think Ian Dakota and, uh, and Zach do a really good job over there. So, um, I, I would love to go to that at some point. Um, but you know, we'll see, we'll see. I, I'm not going to give a direct answer cause I don't know. 
Uh, Max, I'm quickly. I'm curious. Like, what is this off season going to look like for you, as in a baseball sense? Then, like, are I? I believe the Cubs are having that off season prospect camp again. Are you going to be there? You know, what are the, these next? Was it like four, four and a half months going to look like for you? Um, I think it's going to be so hard to answer. And I and I apologize for overthinking every question you guys have given me today. <laughs> uh, but I think. It's going to be something last year where I had a job. I had time constraints and that's not, I don't think that took away from what I was doing, but it was always in the back of my head. And now it's just kind of, now I kind of have the freedom to do what I want. I'm choosing not to work this winter. Um, even though that's going to put me in quite the position come spring, like, <laughs> you know, uh, I'm choosing not to work. I want to put all my time into the sport this winter. Um, I have a couple of buddies. I have a couple of buddies up here, uh, kid with the Braves, Orioles, Reds that I'll be training with. Uh, consistently, but uh, honestly, I'm looking forward most to the time, the time I have at home now. Uh, I don't get to see uh, my girlfriend or my dog. I don't get to see them as much as I'd like to. Uh, so in addition to the three, four, five, six hour days, I want to be home. I want to be home and I want to be, I want to be around Madison. I want to be around the dog. And uh, I think that's something that I'm really looking forward to this winter. I think that, that, uh, you know, that might help refuel for next season, man. Just get kind of getting your mind out of the game. And, uh, you know, you went through some stuff this year. But I have no doubt that you're going to get back on the track that you're on in year one. So, uh, appreciate you know, that. We, uh, I look forward to seeing what 2023 brings. Uh, but, of course, I'm, I'm hoping the offseason goes well for you. It's, uh, I think it's an important year. So, uh, I'm going to treat it as such. Uh, every year is important, but – uh, with with the way that minor league contracts are structured, um, this year happens to be a little bit more important to me than or for me, not to me, for me, uh, as opposed to the rest of them, um, or at least leading up to it. So, you know, I, I'm going to give it I'm going to give it everything I have, man. Um, I know I can't do too much more of what I did last year. I don't know. Uh, I mean, if we're talking realistically, I don't know how long the leash is. You know, that's part of the game. So I'm going to put everything I have into it and let the chips fall where they may. Absolutely, man. Well, uh, appreciate you for jumping on. Yeah. Um, I have to have you on maybe before the spring or something like that. Maybe when you go get back out to Arizona, check in on how the off season went for you. And, uh, you know, you're always, whether, no matter what happens, you're always a friend of, of ours on this podcast, yeah, man. A friend of the program, recurring guest. <laughs> Absolutely. I appreciate you guys. I, I really appreciate you guys having me on. This is always fun. Um, love chopping it up with y'all. Absolutely, man. man. Well, thank you. Thanks, thank you, Max. Max. Thank you, guys. See ya. See ya. See ya, bud. All right. Guys, this interview has me all hyped up. It makes me want to – it makes me think about what I'm going to eat for lunch after we're done with this. And Green Ridge Farms is right up that alley. You know, Green Ridge Farms is a Chicago local meat and cheese company offering you a better and all-natural option. Makers of all-natural deli meat, sausages, and their famous meat sticks. Everyone knows I love the meat sticks. Perfect for tailgating, happy hour, school lunches. These all-natural meat sticks are hardwood smoked for eight hours. With 16 grams of protein per stick, make a perfect post-workout snack. Max, We should get Max Bain some of those, right? Meat sticks come in chicken, black forest beef, and flavors like jalapeno, cheddar, and spicy chili. Haven't tried them yet? You don't know what you're missing. Delicious because they are made from recipes generations in the making. And being all-natural, they deliver a fresh and flavorful alternative at snack time you can always find them 
in the refrigerated section at Costco, Sam's Club, or in your local Chicagoland grocery store. I go store. to Sam's Club. You do? I have a Sam's Club membership. I do. It's good. I need. Like it's you need to hit me up with here. that membership. It's, it's good in bulk, man. Yeah, it, yeah. Like it, when you're in college and you, and you, you know, you need just a lot of Green Ridge Farms. It's all right there. I, in bulk. Buy in I bulk. love bulk. We need. I'm, I'm going to ask you for your membership. <laughs> right now, you can order any three meat products at GreenRidgeFarms.com and include a pack of meat sticks in your cart. Those meat sticks will be free simply by using the code CHGO at checkout. That was love, a uh, love free meat sticks. That was a Stucky level transition. Oh, I just want to say, I hope he listens to that because I think he did him proud there. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, <laughs> want to thank our big. next sponsor as well, and that is Game Time, the hottest Oof. new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. The Bears, of course, are underway. The Blackhawks just got started again. The Bulls season is coming up, so any game you want to go to in the city of Chicago, you will not find a better deal than on Game Time, created by the fans, for the fans, and guarantees the lowest price. If you love CHGO, then you'll love Game Time. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets with Game Time through the link in the YouTube and podcast descriptions. Join over 15 million people who have downloaded the Game Time app and score the best seats to all your favorite events. See, I was I was looking at it and like, you know, Blink 182 is going to be here in May. Ooh. And I really want to go to that, but I don't want to buy. You know, I don't want to buy the the overpriced. You know, no. buy, get them while they're hot kind of tickets. Like, I want to go on Game Time. I want to see what they got. They might have cheap tickets. You know, like yeah. they always do. Right. They always do. So I'm gonna wait. If you I'm get go Cardinal on game time. playoff tickets for a dollar yeah. on game time, then you can get cheap Blink 182 tickets. Oh yeah. yeah. So they'll, they'll, I mean, and if you know some, especially for that, like you hang out, you wait, you can get up to sixty percent off. You wait for those prices to come down. Game time will have absolutely. you covered. Absolutely. Taking a look at the chat, we got Mike, my guy, Mike Dubs, Shane. He's always here. Aaron. He says, "Yeah, Rich. Rich is here. Rich. Thank you as well. Sorry I didn't see you." Uh, Aaron says that was an awesome interview. Max, always great to. Uh, to listen to and yeah he's great he's a great yeah. dude yeah I, uh he's very thoughtful yeah you know uh you know we we sit here and we 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 dream about what the potential of pca and brennan davis and a lot of those top ones but like i i he is one of the guys that no one talks about that like i'm cheering for super mm-hmm. hard not only because i have his phone number and i can text him and you know just shoot the shit with him or whatever but he's just <laughs> a genuinely good dude so well, it's also like uh, yeah. you look, you look at a lot of the relievers that have come up for the Cubs, the, like this last year, especially like how many guys had Brandon Hughes really on the radar before the season, especially at, at you know at May in May, May mid May when he finally came up. Mm-hmm. I mean, Javier Assad, like he he mentioned Javier Assad, they all thought like he was the guy, but I didn't we really didn't have, know. yeah we didn't really have him on our radar until kind of yeah. the day he got brought up, like. Yeah. It was there's all so many of those guys in the system and so many guys that are getting chances on this team that I mean hey if Max pitches well next year it wouldn't surprise me to see him get you know maybe even a, a late season bump and and get a shot right well, like, I just I, loved like hearing about the buy-in I thought you know when he was talking about that and um, just the even even winning at the minor league level just a lot putting that in perspective of like what it is like for the players you know because obviously we view the Cubs and this whole rebuild, even though Jed doesn't want it to, us to call it that still, like <laughs> we view it for, through a particular lens, right? We want them to win at the major league level. That's like the be all end all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think especially to see the results that they got from some of the younger guys throughout the year and to hear from someone going through that process about 
the infrastructure and you know like brendan talks about the infrastructure and craig breslow this tommy how to be that but like max is able to offer us that other perspective and it's like this you know as a fan like this sounds really good like it sounds like a really healthy organization and the players are happy to be a part of it and like have an opportunity to grow and and learn with it yeah and that's the thing because when when you hear about the pitching infrastructure and you talk to you know like you said just front office people or you're you're hearing all this stuff about it, but then you get someone who's actually in it, who's actually working inside it, and telling you, like, yeah, this is working. Like, like everyone's right. bought in. This is working. Like, that, you, that's where you get some of that eh, extra confidence. Like, okay, like, what's going on down there is legit. Yeah. Because like, it's it, easy it, for, like, the, the team itself yeah, to exactly. gas itself up. Like, look at all this cool stuff we're doing. But, like, yeah. when Max is pointing and that out. And it's something that he's talked about on pre – like, I, we probably touched on a little bit of this when we first had him on back in March – um, and then just talking to him over the last two years, like he's really emphasized about like the organization, the pitching, and you know just the morale yeah. in, inside the organization regarding that now. So, uh, you know, I can sit here and say uh, actions speak louder than what you're saying, but as far from a player standpoint, telling us that you love to hear it. I'd rather hear that than yeah. anything negative, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. So. <laughs> You want to tell you don't want them to come on here and be like, "Nah, the pitching infrastructure actually sucks." Like, what <laughs> infrastructure? Yeah, right, right, right. Okay, it's time. Uh, let's grade Nick Magical's season, guys. There we go. You asked for it in the chat. You yesterday. asked for it yesterday. Actually, I think only one person actually asked for yeah, it. It was our guy need, Mike like, Dubs. The, uh, <laughs> we need the the sad trombone, like from Joey or whatever that one is. <laughs> Mike Dubs actually, uh, he texted me like literally. Exactly. Yeah. He That's text- the Nick Madrigal. He texted me right after the show yesterday. He was like, I didn't think you guys were really going to do Magical. He's like, no, we're doing Magical, man. Everybody gets a grade. Uh, Everyone at, gets a grade, know, baby. Ju- just in time for player grades, Michael Culotta in the chat. He's going to. Wow. Uh, he, he says he has. That's a positive comment from Michael. You get, you get those every stick. once in a while. It's a little bit of both. You get those yeah. every once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. He did have a positive comment when we had Joe Madden on, too, so that's cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. So, thank everyone, again, thanks for tuning in. Uh, Nick Magical, shall, shall I start, or do we want Corey to start like we always do, like left as far right. as, like, you know, left or right? Yeah. You want to go ahead and start, Corey? I can. All right, go ahead. Um, well, uh, well, Joey will bring up. There you go. Yeah, I mean, I went D-. minus. I wasn't sure what constituted a pass, by the way. <laughs> I, I guess I, I, D is a pass. Tech, I, guess I don't actually I think D is not. So a pass. like I mean, and we talked about this I, last I week. I like I, D's get degrees. F's just feel really harsh, you know. So like I, f- I feel like I would be pretty reserved with an F. Madrigal, I avoided it only because he had a good month of August, mm-hmm. right when he was out there, and like just an F just feels really harsh i don't know i don't you're feel making like me feel bad there's 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 a, a couple guys who i'm usually not allowed to mention on air who were on the team at the beginning of the year they get f's right they were <laughs> terrible and then they had to get cut or dfa'd whatever that gets you an f magical's defense was fine i think he rated positively um better than yeah. what we expected yeah and i you know i think i test i think he gets bailed out a lot uh, with Nico playing in short yeah. right in the shift, I think that certainly helps out. I would have a lot of questions about Madrigal without the shift next year. Uh, though, in my perfect world, he's not really in that conversation, but that's a separate issue. <laughs> um, and, I, you know, I think, like, overall, like, I think a solid D or something like that is pretty much where he lands. I think Madrigal is also one of those guys who gets graded more harshly based on 
expectations yeah. and what you were hoping for from him. And I think the the harshest I'll be on Magical is that he needed to show us something this year, right? To earn a spot or to show where he fits in going forward. And we didn't get that answer at all. And if we did get that answer, it wasn't a good one, right? It was not a passing grade, as we were discussing with Joey. Yeah. Uh, he wasn't <laughs> able to stay healthy, which isn't his fault, but wasn't able to stay healthy once again. And when he was out there, and I think he finished the year with like a 70 WRC plus, not, not going to cut it. So, yeah, I think overall it was a D, D minus, whatever you want to do. But Yeah, yeah, I... I, I here comes short king energy, right? I, I mostly agreed with that, with all that. I think we had pretty similar grades. Um, you know, Joey's bringing it up. Yeah, I had offense D, C fence, C fence. <laughs> I'm like can't do this anymore. <laughs> I said I said D minus because I was looking at defense oh, yeah, yesterday like, for yes, Wilson. Yeah. Like, oh my god! All right, C for defense, and then D overall. Um, yeah, I, I pretty much agree with everything Corey said. Like, he did have that good month of August, and I think when you say like he didn't show us I think I, I think in a different way like that kind of showed us who he can be but that wasn't too small of a sample size to trust sure. it you know yeah. I think like that like he would hit over 300 I mean he had a WRC plus of 110 um strikeout rate 7.7 percent it it just it that is like a, the the hitter you hope he can be and I, I think he can be but I can't completely trust that he will be that you know um and but that and that's why because it was that was his longest stretch of like sustained playing time the whole season. Like he had 91 at bats yeah, in, year, in yeah. August and the, the the next month with the highest number of plate appearances was 64 in, in April, like March, mm-hmm. April. So the, the, the health docks him a lot because he just was, he wasn't able to show if he could do it over a full season because of like, obviously the hamstring injury last year, you know, all things he went through early in the year, finally got healthy again, had a really good August, I would say at the plate um, then got hurt again beginning of September. So I know when he talks about this offseason, he's talked about, you know, changing things up, maybe changing his, his nutrition, his, his strength and training regimen, like all that stuff to help him get through the grind of a regular season so he's not spending, you know, two-thirds of it on the on the IL. And I, I think you want you want to see if he could do that this offseason so that next offseason, like, Okay, or not, I mean, next season, you're like, okay, can you do it this time? Like, if if he's, for some reason, still a starting second baseman, again, I think we're all expecting him to be in that shortstop market, but if that doesn't happen, he probably will be the starting second baseman. Okay, now can you handle that for the rest of the season? Can you, can you do a full 162, you know, not maybe get dinged up here and there, but not get completely hurt? That's the goal. But as far as what this season showed, yeah, I think a D is, is fine on offense. And then defense, he was better than – he was given credit for, I guess, from the Sox guys, especially like we kept t- we kept hearing how bad he was at defense, and he made one error on the year. Granted, again, he didn't play a whole lot of games. He still ended up with four defensive runs saved, two outs above average uh, at the position, according to Fangraphs. Um, and I mean, even the eye test, you saw like he wasn't making mistakes. He had there was a few plays where he showed some pretty solid range, and I I think an average, I think he played average. At least average defense at second base, if not even better than that. Maybe I even graded him a little too low on that. But the problem is, I think you mentioned it with the shift. Nico was kind of behind him a few times, you know, picking up the slack against lefties and stuff like that. Now you think, okay, if the Cubs don't go out and sign a shortstop and Nico sticks at shortstop, 
Nick Madrigal's probably your second baseman. Can he handle that, especially against power lefties without, you know, Nico being able to go behind him and back him up? That's that's a huge question for him if if the Cubs in fact do not sign one of these these uh, big name shortstops. Like that's a huge question that's going to be have to be answered by Nick Madrigal next year. Otherwise, I don't, you know, I don't see a whole lot of extra chances after if that's a scenario and he doesn't either it's hurt a lot or he's not, you know, playing well at second base without Nico behind him. I don't see a whole lot of scenario where they give him much more leash than that than yeah. than one season. So, yeah. Yeah, overall D is what I gave him. Uh a lot of that having to do with him just not being on the field. Um mm-hmm. but this is a big prove it off season for Madrigal going into a big prove it season for him, I think. I just think like we don't know exactly what they're going to do next year. Yeah. We have our hopes, we have our rumors and all of this. He just didn't do enough in my vision for what they do in 2023, even if it's not, like, crazy. You just can't count. You know, he didn't do enough to be a part of that plan, yeah, right? Absolutely. You're going to build a team to win the division and put a guy out there that can't stay healthy and was 30% below league average as a hitter. because You know, and, like, he did look more like how he did with the Sox in August, right? We had seen him hit that way at the major league level before. But at this point, it's so inconsistent. And, like, again, I, I don't know exactly how the Cubs are going to proceed, but you just need more of, like, maybe not even a sure thing, but you look at someone like Christopher Morell, right, and what mm-hmm. he was able to do. Like, if we're talking about giving a guy a shot, like, I'm giving it to him, right? Like, not not Madrigal, right? Because yeah. I'm more interested. He's younger. He, you know, was able to be an above-league average hitter, like, has more power, has a better arm, you know, so I we just didn't see – this was a year you needed kind of like a strong conclusion from Nick Madrigal. Yeah. Like, here's what he can do, and he showed it, and he, he just didn't. And I, I just don't know that they're going to have the time yeah. to sort that out, I, I, I think is that. really what it is. I, I, it's, it's, it's really tough because it, it did come off, you know, the hamstring uh, tear, I want to say it was, going into an offseason where he couldn't work with the Cubs training staff for 99 days. Like, that is – three and a half ish months that he couldn't you know recover from his injury with the training staff and then going into a spring training that was shortened you know didn't get a lot of time to just get back into the rhythm of baseball to to let the body kind of rediscover the grind of the season and then you 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 know you kind of see what happens this year and it was just just tough all around for sure I mean that August again that August was really good but that's one month out of the six of a baseball season so you can't just be completely confident that that's who he's going to be again. So again, it's a huge off season for him, a huge yeah. off season for him to, to get himself right and prove who he is. Yeah. So uh, shout out to Luke. He's in the chat, by the way, uh, not Steve, but Luke Stuckmeyer. Luke Stuckmeyer um, I'm Steve. sitting in your seat, buddy. Um, I hope I'm doing well. Yes. <laughs> from Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You expected bees. Um, I'm actually surprised Ryan didn't give him bees. Uh, I went a little harsh here, and maybe it's just because I had a little bit higher expectations. Remember at the beginning of the year when we did, like, our own, like, preseason predictions, I picked Madrigal to, like, be our the comeback player of the year. Um, yeah, it, was, it did. we did not get that, and you guys have basically highlighted that. Um, the offense, um, you know, this guy was a walking ground ball to second or short uh, or shortstop. It felt like, like the first – until August – that was yeah. that was basically it, and I know a lot of that he was hurt. But, uh, you know, I've heard it around the office a lot. The best ability is availability. And I'm sorry, like, health, you, if you can stay on the field, 
whether you're good or bad, like that, that's a big step. Health is a big thing to me. All right. Um, so yeah, the offense wasn't good. The defense was actually better than I expected. So I'm with you guys on the defense. I thought he was decent. I don't know what, to, how to feel about it with no shift next year. Um, but yeah, he's got to really change his body to not only stay healthy, but also be able to maybe be a little bit more versatile. I don't, I, he's second base and that's, that, yeah. that's basically it. That's probably what we're going to see. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd love, I'd absolutely love to see him comp- take a Nico Horner type jump. And not, not necessarily, like, the same type of numbers, but just be able to stay on the field. Because that was the thing everyone said about Nico was that he was injury-prone, even though he basically – I, I always felt like that was a little undeserving for, for him because he got called up too early, in my opinion. But a loss. Uh, yeah, Magic was getting an F for me, man. Like, you give me one good month, month in August and that's it. Like, you're part of a, a major trade that's in the city, and I already have to hear enough about Aloy and Dylan Cease – you're giving me more pain, brother. I'm sorry. You're getting an F. Get, this is prove it. Like, next year you oh, got to yeah. prove it. You got to prove it. Not only can you stay on the field, but also, like, just like be a average player. Would you say 70 WRC plus? That's, that's, thir- 70, that's, yeah. 30, that's 30% below league average. That's not, not even cut. Dell Metrics. That's, no. that's literally fan graphs, okay? Like, I, I, <laughs> I'm just asking for an average player who can play second and or be come off the bench or something like that. That's literally all I'm asking. And that and and like honestly going into the year I had higher expectations. And maybe I shouldn't have considering he was coming off the injury and this and that, but he really disappointed me. I, I, that's that's basically how I'm grading it. It's just you look at other second basemen around the league, like he's one of the worst yeah. ones. Well no one was happy about the season and definitely not him either. Like no one right. Came again, away from again, the season with anything else, and yeah, it yeah. was it was a disappointing season, right? 100%. And again, it's it's not that I don't believe he can be a better player or anything like that. It's just I'm just giving you how it is. He was yeah. not good, and he couldn't stay on the field. That's a recipe for an F. Sorry. I think like <laughs> you you can envision a role for someone like him on a, a more competitive team, right? We went through many years where the Cubs, I think, desperately would have taken a guy that you could bring up there even in a pinch hit spot, and say, look, he's going to put the bat on the yeah, ball. He's, he was still right? 90% We contact, need the ball right? in play, and we need it in play now. Oh, yeah. Like, somebody there's, go up there yeah. and don't strike there's out. There's definitely things about him that there that you'd like. The contact rate, and the, again, there's he's got good qualities. Now, can he put it together? Can he stay on the field? And can he, you know, I, I really did like him out of the leadoff in, in August. He was he was great in yeah. that role. You stayed on the field, and he was, like, again, I just need more. I need more than one month. And the big thing, too, is that you were hoping this year that you were going to be able to learn more about him and see if he could be part of the future. And, like, instead we're going in the offseason. We're like, you got Michael Collada asking, how is he going to prove it if they sign a shortstop? And it's like, I don't want the Cubs to use Madrigal as a reason to not sign yeah, right. one of the won't. shortstops no, that are that out would, there, right? That would, like, that would be... like, so that means next year he's probably not going to have every day at bats if they do, in fact, do right. that, which we all believe that they will. They better, so, yeah. like, it's – it's actually kind of hurting his situation. And he doesn't have any trade value. Like, this was the absolute worst thing that could have happened for for him, at least. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why, again, I can't I can't give I him a, like, anything higher than even an if I <laughs> Even if I bought into the hit potential that mm-hmm. we saw in August, that we saw with the White Sox, like, it, it, we don't always have to go back to the 2016 Cubs, but you're not going to get that level of elite defense and I think you're going to want that with the pitching staff you're going to mm-hmm. put together. A lot of ground balls, mm-hmm. yeah, just depending who's in there. Magical's not going to fit that. So right. even even if you're 
you sign someone to play third base, right? And so Nico's still at short. Like, I want – his defense was fine, and I, I do agree. Like, I had this vision just based on what we kind of heard going into the season that he was going to be a complete clown out there, like just an absolute mess. That's not really we what we saw. We thought he was saw. at least going to hit. Well, and, it kind and, of and that's kind of the opposite, right? right? And it was kind of the opposite. But yeah. I think even if you're trying to build a more competitive team, like I want – they don't all have to be elite defenders, but I want a better – defender yeah. a more top tier defender yeah, well, and he's the, not going to be there especially with the shift going in like, yeah. like premium def- defense up the middle is like a premium joey can you bring up Co- cody's report card again real quick i know you were talking about how you didn't know if a d was a pass and that's, an f is certainly that's not, not passing fail stamp change fail you failed nick you have to retake cody 101 <laughs> cody 101 okay uh, we got two ads here. No, did we decide who's reading Foco? We we might have to push lighter to tomorrow. We can push lighter Again. tomorrow. Sorry, Mark. That's that's fine. That's, I'm sure serves you right now. Pitch better and okay. you'll pitch better and we'll do you sooner. Uh, oh, I'll do Foco. Okay, Chicago. Right. You've already got the best coverage for your favorite team, so get fitted out in the best sports gear around. Foco got you covered from Soldier Field to the front room, north or south side, with hoodies, slippers, signs bobbleheads and everything in between get decked out like DeMar with apparel from the leader in sports merch and collectibles. FOCO, looking for the perfect gift for the football fan in your life. FOCO's got you covered with hoodies to fight that Lake Michigan breeze. Oh, that's true, man. Really, for real, especially with the wind out there today. Especially if you have to scooter to work. Yeah, like especially if you have to scooter to work like I do. <laughs> Check out FOCO.com or click the link in the description below for all your non-presale items. Use promo code CHGO for 10% off. And I'm pretty sure they still have the Matt Schwarmer bobblehead. So That's pretty cool. need a collector's item, I'm just saying. We also got to talk about Chi-Town Cornhole. Chi-Town Custom Cornhole, the number one cornhole provider for Chicagoland and Illinois since 2007. Our signature box-style design can be digitally printed, covered in vinyl, and painted. Their cornhole boards come with built-in drink holders recessed in on, recessed in on the back. The LEDs that light up the hole and exterior handles for easy carrying and handcrafted scorekeepers. It's veteran-owned and operated. They can ship these cornhole, I call them bags, but cornhole, <laughs> I guess, what, what do you call them? Like the cornhole boards. boards there you go. Yeah. Cornhole boards anywhere, and they offer local pickups. They specialize in corporate designs for your company's next marketing or social event, wedding gifts, and gifts for all occasion, and especially for tailgaters and backyard barbecues. We got some pretty cool ones in the office. Two sets, CHGO ones, pretty dope. Buttes. Yeah, we'll have them at our next tailgate. So if you want to play some some bags, make sure you make it to our tailgate. Come play with us. It's the Dolphins, November 6th, I believe. November 6th? Is it Dolphins? I think that's who they play. Probably. Um, so go check out their website, ShytownCornhole.com, and make sure to follow them on in- on Instagram at Shytown Custom Cornhole Boards. And on Twitter. Can but, I? But specifically on Instagram, because I guess their account got hacked or something. So they're trying to rebuild a new one. So go follow them. Yeah. Sorry. Well, I was just going to say, I, so if we're going to push lighter, can <laughs> I at least add in a comment since I won't be here? And I feel like I yeah. want to. Do you want to hop in tomorrow just for like 10 minutes to do that? I am going <laughs> to be on an airplane, so I don't oh, think that's going to uh, work. But right. Michael Collada says, uh, in case I am gone tomorrow, lighter D plus. 
That's I just looked it up. D plus is technically above. It's not even poor. It's a little bit I think above we're poor by our own grading rules, right? I think we're making yeah. that. So up. congrats, but Mark Lager. I, I will say an F is definitely a fail. So like the mm, fact that that graphic right. had passed. Cody on. got a yeah. He failed Nick Madrigal. We do yeah, know that. I, I look. I just want to say, Mark Leiter Jr. as a reliever, very different person than Mark Leiter Jr. the starter, right? Yeah. Fifty three er, innings. 577 opponent OPS, sub-3 ERA. I, I'm not like a Mark Leiter Jr. stan, right? Like, I don't no. have a Corey jersey. Standing. Or any, don't, you know, let's, don't, don't say that. It would be him. weird if you were. <laughs> no, I'm not. But he, I, was he, like, number one in the chat? He was, like, the oh, chat's man. number worst enemy, mm, public yeah. enemy number one. And Simmons and, and like, before they were like he girl. wasn't good as a starter. But no. I'm just saying, like, 53 too. innings as a reliever is not a small sample. It's a lot of relief innings, and he was pretty good. He did eat a lot of innings. He just took a lot of slander, yeah. you know? And yeah. it's well, like, yeah, maybe we'll, it was we'll, a lot we'll of mop-up innings. About, we'll but, like, somebody's got to pitch tomorrow. those innings, yeah. and he so, did them well. Somebody's got to pitch the mop-up innings. and Sub-3 ERA? And I will also say that, again, like you said, he was not good as a starter, and I think that just kind of torched him in the eyes of fans. And so whenever he came out there, like the, oh, he, oh, this he guy. gave up a this lot of runs as a starter. Right. Uh, no, I, I mean, you saw, I mean, he, he that changeup, his changeup is, like, really, really good. He's a like, go, go look at the yeah. stats. Go look up the stats on his changeup, baseball savant. Like, it, he, his, he, can, the, he has a really good pitch. The problem is it's, like, that one and his sinker are, are good. But then, like, when you're a starter, you can't really last on, like, one right. really good pitch and one, like, decent pitch and three others that aren't that good. Like, you got to. You need more. I will talk more about Mark. We'll talk Leiter more Jr. about tomorrow. tomorrow. Corey is, tr- or not Corey, Joey is trying to get me to end the show. Uh, Luke, I hope I did well in your role today. Thanks for stopping in, you, Luke. dropping Stuck in, nation. whatever. Thanks for tuning in on YouTube. Hit that like button before you head out of here. Yeah, hit it. Uh, subscribe if you don't. If you just saw the show for the first time today, welcome. Uh, this is the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings, my favorite app, if you didn't know. Uh, we'll see you yeah. all tomorrow, 120, fly a W. And uh, go Guardians.